It's not what I prayed for, it's not what I wanted, it's not something I understand. My circumstances seem so confusing, I'm placing them all in your hands. Your ways are higher than mine. I want mountains to move. You want me to climb. So I'm going to trust your work, your will, and your time. Your ways are higher than mine. One day I'm sure I will look back and marvel at how you knew best all along. You see from heaven, you know it's the hard times that make my faith steady and strong. Your ways are to move you want me to climb so I'm gonna trust your work your will and your time your ways are higher than mine when I start to doubt to move you want me to climb so I'm gonna trust your work your will and your time your ways are so much higher than mine your ways are Thank you, ladies. Take your Bible now, if you would please. <clears throat> Hosea chapter number 10 is the text for tonight. Hosea chapter number 10. If you give me, I'll do my best to be invitation time about 7 o'clock and we have the meeting afterwards. Hosea chapter number 10. Look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself according to the multitude of his fruit. He hath increased the altars according to the goodness of his land that they may have goodly images. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty and he shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. For now they shall say we have no king because we feared not the Lord. 
What then should a king do to us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely and making a covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as a hemlock in the furrows of the field. If you go on down to verse number 18, Hosea, the book of Hosea here is setting uh, the crux of the message in chapter number 10. I want you to go down to verse number 10, uh, if you would. It is my desire that I should chastise them, uh, and the people shall be gathered against them when they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. And Ephraim is a heifer that is taught and loveth to tread out the corn, but I passed over her fair neck. I will make Ephraim to ride. Judah shall plow, and Jacob shall break his clods. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Father, we come to you tonight. I pray that you would speak to our hearts as you spoke to mine on this message some weeks ago. And I pray, Father, I thank you for a people that are dedicated to your cause and purposes. And Father, I pray that it will always be as you tarry your coming, that our church will be a church that's busy about the master's business. But sometimes we need to be reminded that you're doing a work, and to do that work, you must, uh, you want us to soften the soil of our heart. Speak to us tonight through thy word, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The life of an Old Testament prophet was not easy. They were laughed at and mocked, and sometimes because of the message they took to a rebellious generation, they were often killed or imprisoned. Hosea's marriage to a fallen woman was meant to teach Israel of their broken covenant relationship that they'd entered into with Jehovah God. When Israel got into Canaan's land, they prospered mightily, but they declined spiritually. I believe that's where we are as a nation today in America. We are profiting mightily. We're the richest nation on earth, but we're declining spiritually. I read some statistics the other day. Over, uh, if those statistics are true, I believe that Pew Research did these. 62% of all young people uh, under the age of 30 have no church affiliation. Can you imagine that? I read today on the, this evening coming to church and just looked at some of the, the news. They say this, the young generation, almost 50% of them are fine with socialism. We're fine with socialism. Uh, yeah, I don't care. If the devil himself ran for president, he's going to get 47% of the vote. But you think about what is going on with our young people today. What is going on with us as a nation we have prospered. God has blessed this man, this land, but declined spiritually. Can I say this to you? God can bring us to our knees again. Some of you will remember, and you remember days that I never saw. But I've told you about before when I went to Bible college, and this is during the Carter administration. Did Jimmy Carter only serve one term? I think he did, just one term. So that would be 76 to 80? No, 70 what? In the 70s. Seventy-six to eighty. I remember this, and some of you, some of you young people, especially, are going to say, "Preacher, that didn't really happen. It happened." I don't know how it was here in Colorado. I was in Chicago, and this was nineteen to twenty-one percent interest rates. Remember some of that? Young people couldn't buy a home. I would go. I managed the the car island there at that truck stop, and this was full serve. We didn't have any self serve, and 
I remember the first night I went to work and my manager said, you have 500 gallons of gas. That's all you have. Can you imagine that? Tonight after church, you need some gas to go home. And you stop by a gas station and the manager tells you, I'm sorry, we're out of gas. We saw vehicles run out on our parking lot because we had no gas to sell them. Don't think for a moment. Now watch this. And if you remember those times, and I didn't realize this, and we have a lot of military people in our church. Brother Wally was intricately involved with this mission. Do you remember when President, uh, it seemed like the, the blessings of God came off of our nation. We had some soldier boys that were captured, some American citizens that were captured in Iran. 444 days. Uh, a nation, we were, we were the most powerful nation on earth, and there was nothing we could do about it. We tried to rescue those boys, and you remember in your mind, I can still see some of those uh, burnt uh, and damaged uh, helicopters, I believe, and, and aircraft that, were, that wrecked and uh, on the way to get our boys out. God's blessings had come off of this nation. Just like Hosea was preaching in a time like that, and he's trying to tell the nation of Israel, the blessings of God are off of you because you've turned away. When Israel got into Canaan's land, we said this then, they prospered mightily but declined spiritually. And God's love, and this is what the whole book of Hosea is about, God's love is that of a chastening husband. He had a deep, intimate, tender protective, provident love for that, those that he was espoused to. But Israel's love towards God, on the other hand, was that of a harlot. You have many wives. You've turned away from the relationship I've called you to. And Homer was a picture of the northern nation of Israel. Behind the, behind the scenes, God was moving. You remember in the book of Revelation that God looked at the seven churches of Asia Minor and he mentioned the good and the bad about each and every church. Does anybody remember what he mentioned about the church at Ephesus? Boy, they stood up, didn't they? For those who were against, uh, those that were deceivers, the, the church at Ephesus stood up and God commended them for that. But he said something like this, However, I have somewhat against thee, thou hast left what? Thy first love. So it is here in the book of Hosea. The nation of Israel... Once they got into Canaan's land and saw the blessings of God, that land flowing with milk and honey, that land with a tremendous provision from God, they forgot about the God that they served and the God who made it possible for them to go. And so it is with us today. Follow me if you would please. Look at verse number 12. He has mentioned the furrows. He has mentioned the clods. In verse number 12, he says, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. I want to speak to you tonight about it's time to serve the Lord. It's time for us to serve the Lord. Then he says this, it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. The human heart is as best like a farm. Bad is the farmer who neglects to cultivate the soil of his farm. I'm going to say this to you, each and every one of us, pastor included, each and every day, I should be working on the soil of my heart. When God deposits a seed of truth into my heart, can it find fertile soil to grow? 
Bad is the farmer who neglects to cultivate the soil of his farm. How much more tragic it is when the soil that of our heart and relationship to the Lord. I can't hear that still small voice anymore. I'm not moved by his purposes. I yawn at the things of God. The fear of God has left me. Man is a three-part being and made in the image of God. And every part of our being should be and needs to be consistently cultivated. What about your body? And my body. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God. This is just a, a little plug here. This is memory verse, right, for Wednesday night? Memory verse. Present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Does God do? Is that just a one time? Some of you did that as teens. You presented your bodies a living sacrifice. Over and done, right? No. The soil of your uh, you, who your body and uh, what your body is and who it belongs to becomes hardened. So we think about this. You and I are going to fight and war against the flesh every day of our life. We're going to fight and war. What about the soul? Do you think about your mind? We must get into the word of God every day and be admonished and strengthened. Thy, say it with me if you would. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin against, against God. So God is saying to you, now watch this. The, the, he likens through this book in Hosea, he likens the, the condition of our heart to the soil in the ground. And he's saying today, and he's saying to Rocky Mountain Baptist Church in 2019, I want you to break up that, that ground, that hard ground. And I want you to be able to hear my voice once again. And that be uh, in our body and in our soul and in our spirit, the part of our being that communicates with God. I ask you this tomorrow. Can you make it a 24-hour period tomorrow without talking to God? You go 24 hours and then 48 hours and, 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 and then you go three or four days in a week and you don't talk to God. And I promise you this, the soil of your heart, the condition of your heart will harden. I'm going to give you a warning tonight. If you and I do not cultivate our own heart, Satan will cultivate it for you. Remember the sowing, the, the parable of the sower of the seed that Jesus said? Tell me, help me remember. I'm not trying to trip you up here. He said that the sower went forth to sow. You remember what kind of so soil that seed fell in? Name me real quick. Somebody, some fell on what? Some fell on stony ground, right? There was no earth. There's, that seed can't bear fruit. Some fell on what kind of ground? Through the wayside, it's not ever going to, it's not going to spring up. It's not going to, some fell on what? Thorny ground. We're going to talk about that. Watch as the Bible says, it fell in good ground. It started to grow, but the thorns choked it. Later on, the disciples didn't, didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And explain that parable to us. And he said this, the cares of the world choked out the seed. And some fell on good ground. If you and I do not cultivate our heart, Satan will cultivate it for you. Cultivation, both practically and spiritually, has a twofold purpose. Now, <clears throat> you think about this. It is difficult. Brother Miss Bliss, you don't garden where you're at, do you? You do? God bless you. All right? <clears throat> it is difficult. Is it hard? Where you? It is hard. Yet, Brother Miss Frazier, anybody could grow anything where you folks live. Your soil's good. It's not, of course, the hail gets you, and it doesn't get us as much. But you think about this. It's tough stuff. You know what? 
I could just, we have, we have three raised garden beds, and then we have some area that is garden, and we try to grow that love garden vegetables. But you know what? You could, the reason we put the raised beds is because they told us it's harder for the weeds. And, and so you're thinking, goodness gracious, I'll build these beds. We'll put them in there, put good soil. And, you know, for a, couple, a year or so, it did really good. But then year number two and year number three, I think the weeds in the raised beds were as bad as the weeds on the outside. And you understand this. There's take some work. You've got to go in that garden. You've got to take a hole or pull the weeds. And, and so it is in our heart. Cultivation has a twofold purpose. Help the plants to grow and keep the weeds out. If we don't, and I think about this, if we don't bring a crop to God, Satan will be sure and plant the weeds of doubt and despair and derision in your heart. He'll plant that seed. If our heart is not what it ought to be. Somebody said it this way, behind every human tragedy is the slow evil process of wicked thinking. If you want to walk with God tomorrow and you want to hear God's voice, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, this has been our Wednesday night study for a while. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not, what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Tomorrow you're going to sow to the flesh of the spirits as, it, as will I. I want to show you this. What makes the ground hard? You say, preacher, there was a time that, that I loved God like you're talking about. There was a time I was excited about going to church, and, and, and it just I, I just lost it. What makes the ground of our heart, the soil of our heart, hard? I'm just going to say this to you as simple as I can. Life. Life. The cares of this world. Jesus talks about that. Somebody said it this way. If, I, if unconfessed sin hardens our heart, true? Unconfessed sin will harden your heart. It'll turn that soil of your heart hard. I'm going to give you a statement that's hard to believe or understand, but please follow me. The sin that I enjoy today, I may endure tomorrow. I'm going to say it again. The sin that I enjoy today, if you don't confess it and forsake it, you may in, you may. Endure it tomorrow. Romans chapter 1 talks about those that God in a time worked with them and they didn't acknowledge God. They turned away from God and the Bible said God gave them what? God gave them up. God gave them over to a what mind? Reprobate mind. The sin that I enjoy today I may endure tomorrow. Disobedience to the revealed will of God keeps the soil of our heart hard. As we said this morning, unkept vows will harden our heart. We all must be willing to look at the condition of the soil of our heart. So what makes that ground hard? Just life makes it hard. Brother Stephen and I were talking this week. I think, Brother Stephen, it was you and I that were talking. Another man and I were having the conversation this week about somebody that we're trying to minister to and probably they don't know Christ as Savior and how that they are soil of their heart. There was a time when they followed God and loved God and were in church and but some circumstances some happenings of their life came that they couldn't figure out and they blamed God for those circumstances and their heart was hardened we look at the ground of our heart I want to show you the time mentioned here look back at verse number 12 sow to yourselves in righteousness reap in mercy break up your fallow ground for it's time what time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. The time mentions it's time to seek the Lord. Look in your Bible, if you would please leave a marker there in Hosea. 
Go backwards, if you would, to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon instructing his son, speaks of this to his son. Proverbs chapter 1, and look at verse number 28. Then they shall call upon me, wisdom speaking, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. This is wisdom personified, and he's saying this. There's going to be a time when you understand, okay, God, I need you. I've turned from you. And God said, you're not going to be able to find me because you didn't follow me when the time was mentioned. And I think about this. When is it time to seek the Lord? Let me mention this to you. As soon as you know right from wrong, as soon as God convicts you about something is wrong, that's the time to follow the Lord. That's the time to keep the, 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 the soil of your heart tender and, and soft where God can plant the seed of his word and it can produce fruit immediately when we know something right from wrong. If you're a new Christian, there are some of the things that God, as he calls you and sanctifies you, separates you for holy use, God will convict you of things you were not previously convicted of. At that time, let me encourage you. Say yes to the Lord and keep your heart tender and soft. Another time is when it's late in life and the shadows of night are gathering. Somebody said it this way, don't trifle on the verge of eternity. I think about this. I had, look at this, pastor got a gift tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be enjoying this after. But watch this. Imagine this is not Chico Stick. Any of you in here run track? You ran track before? Brother Tim, I don't know what you ran. If you ran a relay, did your coach put you down in those blocks? My coach did. You get down in there, and he says, you put your hand out like that. What are you waiting for? The baton to be passed. Can I share a burden of our church with you? Praise the Lord. No, you're not passing the baton, Brother Jeff. <laughs> Praise the Lord that God is working in our membership and we're seeing people saved and added to church. I thank the God Amen. for that. Let me share a burden with you. For nearly four hours this last week, I sat with a man in our church that's about ready to pass the baton. Discouraged. A little bit defeated, despondent. This man started over 16 churches or servicemen centers in Germany and the United States and went all over the map. And, and he and his wife together and their kids served God. And his health has failed and his health has failed for several years and doesn't really understand everything that's going on. And I don't know how long George Zane is going to live, but I believe this, that the baton is just about to be passed. What we need in some young people to say, listen, I thank God for a brother and Mrs. Patrick. And I think about this on Sunday night when I come, there's Brother Bill's car and, and uh, early, comes early to teach a, a men's class. And, and when Brother Bliss is gone, we'll take this auditorium Bible class. And how God has used this man and his wife. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not saying that I'm getting ready to get rid of these folks. And I pray God leaves them with us for many years to come. But I understand this. The time for us to seek the Lord is understanding who's going to take George and Fern's place. Who takes Bill and Mary Beth's place? 
Brother Bliss scared me this morning, I think. Is it this year, Brother Bliss, you turned 79? I'm thankful that God has given them to help. Now watch this already. Brother Jeff, Brother Bliss has got a man that he is trying, I think, Brother Bliss, if I understand right, one day you'll hand that baton off to Church of Jesus Christ tonight is in a, in a service much like tonight that I heard the call of God in my heart. I said, God, I don't know how you could use me. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm willing to take that baton. When is it time? Some, what was it, a month ago now, Brother Tim and Sister Tilly shocked us all when we got that call. Brother Sal Garcia went home to be with the Lord, preached that Sunday morning, preached that Sunday night, and on, was it Monday? Monday, he was in heaven. What time is it, preacher? It is time to serve the Lord and break up that fallow ground as soon as I know right from wrong. When it's time in the life of the shadows of night are gathering. Number three, during the special occasions of God's visitation, study this in the Old Testament, if you would, please. Over and again, the scriptures mention the time of visitation. What is God talking about? There are times in your life and mine when God is closer to us and nearer to us. He's prompting our heart. He's moving us to his purposes. That's a time of God's visitation. May I encourage you in those times to break up the fallow ground. There are times in each of our lives when God is reaching in stronger fashion than other times. What are these times? Number one, those times are times of chastening. God never wastes trials. He doesn't waste trials. Somebody said it this way. God sometimes smite us that we might run into his arms to heal the wounds. I remember my dad when I was young growing up. We had a young man that was a part of the family for a while. Some of you have met him. He lived with us for a while. He lived on our property out in the farm. He's been here sometimes, and he'll probably return. His name is Reuben Valdez. Some of you have met him. Let me tell you Reuben's life. He was an army in the, in, the, uh, in the army. He fought in Vietnam. He saw some things like a lot of the Vietnam vets that weren't, wasn't fair, wasn't right. He came home expecting to be hailed as a hero, and he was spat upon. Started to drink, carouse, go to the bars, do things that no person ought to do. My dad got a burden for him, allowed him to buy a mobile home and come out to our property and live in that mobile home, and he just tried to mentor him and tried to give him some things to do, and, and he kept telling Brother Reuben, it wasn't Brother Reuben, then he was just saying, Reuben, you've got to find God. God is coming. God is, God is talking to you. You know right from wrong, and, and God is speaking to you. God is speaking, and, and I mean week after week, month after month. Reuben would let my dad talk to him, but he would not respond. I remember one night after a church service, much like tonight, it was Sunday night or Wednesday night, I remember after church, we lived way in eastern Colorado in Ellicott, Callahan area, and my dad said, I've got to go to Penrose Hospital. Reuben was drinking, and he had a tragic accident and nearly went through the windshield of his car. The doctors don't expect it there. I remember my dad driving 
over to that hospital and, and he said to, the, to all of his kids, he said, I want you to pray and pray much for Reuben and pray that I'd get an opportunity. God would spare his life and, and that Reuben would come to know Christ as Savior and, and God did spare his life. And there in a the hospital room some days later, my dad was able to lead Reuben Valdez to the Lord. I'm going to say this to you. I don't know how many times God will chasten you to bring you back to him. It's the time of God's visitation. I would encourage you to break up that fallow ground in times of visitation. Sometimes when we're out of work, it's a time for God to hear his voice. Somebody said it this way. When a Christian is in abundance, he finds God in everything. When he is in poverty, he finds everything in God. It is a good thing when God is all we need. Another time is when he's drawn us to salvation. There are some here. Tonight, I'm certain that don't know Christ as Savior. And you're thinking tomorrow I can be saved. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. My wife and I were talking about a young man this afternoon. Good young man. That is yet to trust Christ. And he made this statement, I will do it at this time. You don't know. Kathy said to me, he may never get that chance. The only time I can tell you tonight, if you're in this auditorium and you don't know Christ as Savior, the only time I can tell you with assurance that you can be saved is right now. I can't tell you you can be saved tomorrow. I can't tell you you can be saved on Tuesday or Wednesday. So right now, God is speaking to you and you understand that you're lost and you don't know Christ as Savior. I would encourage you to break up that fallow ground and understand and respond to the Holy Spirit of God. And today, humble yourself enough to say, Oh, Lord, I, I, I confess to you my sin and I acknowledge that I need a Savior. He'll save you tonight. Genesis 6, 3, God speaking to Noah said this. If you, say, if you know the verse, say it with me. My spirit shall not always strive with man. God is calling you, and God is calling you, and God is calling you. And you said no, and you said no, and you said no. Pretty soon, God's not going to call you. Could you hope to die with your sins all around you and expect to have a soft pillow? You're going to slip out into eternity with your sins all around you, but you expect to die with a soft pillow. God is speaking and God is drawing and God is moving. I think about this too when you are in a place where God is moving, but you are not. I want you to continue to pray. God has a chance to speak to Brother A.G. and we've been praying for Shane and Tavia. The Tucson weather there is not kind to Tavia and Brother Shane understands. Doctors have told him, you need to move your wife. And he candidated a church in Kalispell. I spoke to him this afternoon. And he was upbeat and excited. But he said, Preacher, we didn't receive the call. We didn't receive the call. I love this, and here's what he said. He said, he said you know what? We're okay with that. We just want to be where God wants us to be. Amen. I ask you this tonight. Amen. Are you okay with that? When Kathy and I began our courtship, and we realized, well, much after we began it, we realized that God was going to knit our hearts together, and we would soon be husband and wife. One of the songs that was sung in our wedding, and I love this song. Lord, send us anywhere, only go with us. Lay any burden on us, only sustain us. I wonder if that's you tonight. 
I wonder God is drawing in that time of visitation. And you're not going through a trial. You're not going through a hardship. And you know God. And He's your the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. But God is moving you to a purpose that you've not yet responded to. May I encourage you tonight to break up that fallow ground. And respond to the call and the purposes of God. Number three, we think about this. When your heart begins to open to the Lord and the things of the Lord. It's a good time to break up that ground. Somebody said it this way, the best sailors take advantage of the smallest winds. I think it was Dale Moody that said it this way, the winds of God are blowing. Hoist your sail. Hoist it. God, move in my heart. God, I want to feel your pangs. I want you to lead me and guide me. The best sailors respond to the smallest wind. And I can tell you this, in this church, in this ministry, in our country at this time, the winds of God are blowing. Child of God, hoist your sail. Where do you want to send me? What do you want to do with me? Another time to break up the fallow ground is when you think the truth has come to you personally. You see, in a message like this, even though the message is about keeping the soil of our heart right, God oftentimes, through His Spirit, lays something specific on your heart. He's wanting to draw you. Go back to Hosea now, would you please? Or go forward to Hosea if you were in Proverbs. Here's a search commanded. Look back at verse number 12. Does it say, if you feel like sowing? He says, so to yourselves in righteous, reap in mercy. Does it say, if you want to break up your fallow ground? He says, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Refuse any attempt or approach towards God that takes you around his son. We said this this morning. Jesus Christ is that mediator between God and man. He's the God-man. John 14, verse number 6. Say this verse with him if you know it. Jesus explaining to Thomas. He said this. I am the what? The way. I am the truth. And I am the? No man comes to the Father but by me. Don't kid yourself tonight that you're going to find forgiveness of sin and a home in heaven in any other way other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Refuse any attempt to God except through His Son, Jesus Christ. God is our Father, and those of us who have accepted Jesus, we are His sons. When the prodigal son wanted to be rightly related with his father again, he didn't arise and say, I'm going to go to the priest. What did he say? I will go to my what? I'll go to my father. And tonight, I don't know what God is doing in your heart. This message was meant to be preached last week, but you didn't come to church last Sunday night. God spoke to my heart. And you know, sometimes as a pastor, our hearts can get hard. The cares of this world and the cares of ministry and the care of life can come upon you. And being a pastor, your heart can become hard. Lastly, I want to show you this. When should I break up the fallow ground? The long, how should the longevity of this search? How long should I be involved with this search? Look at this. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Isn't that good? How about this? As a pastor and a people, let's just be a Jacob. We didn't get to that chapter this morning in the message. We were in chapter 28. I believe it's chapter 35 of Genesis. When Jacob wrestled with an angel. 
who was that angel. And he said this, I will not let thee go until what? Thou bless me. I wonder if we had some young people and some, some moms and dads and some grandma and grandpas in here and some members of Rocky Mountain Baptist Church and, yes, even a pastor or associate pastor and pastor staff that would say, listen, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless our church. I'm not going to let go until you bless my marriage. I'm not going to let go until you, I see that lost and wayward son or daughter come. I'm not going to let go. Break up that fallow ground. And seek the Lord till he rain righteousness upon you. Be a Jacob. Don't let go of God until he and unless he blesses you. And I promise you this, he'll bless you. Rocky Mountain Baptist Church, it's time to seek God. Stand please, Father, help us tonight.